Isn't it amazing what God can do through a single vision that he drops into a person's heart and through something as insignificant as a shoebox full of stuff? But now tens of millions of kids all around the world every single year are, are getting touched through our lives and lives of people all around the, the, the nation and around the world that are contributing to this one thing. Isn't that, isn't that cool? And, and not just that God can use that one person, but God has an assignment for every single one of our lives. And um, how many of you are excited to be a part of the vision that God has for our island? And you're not just here taking up space. You're not here just coming to church on a Sunday just to do your, do your um, obligatory duties as a Christian. But God has an assignment, and he wants to empower you to, to make a difference. And, and there is a huge need for light in our community. How many, how many would believe that God will use you to be a light in a community of darkness? How many of you think that we need some light right now? Do, right? And God, look, at, look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, God's going to use you. God's going to use. And, and, and sometimes, sometimes it's not pleasant to be used. It's going to require us to do things differently. And uh, we're going to talk about that today. Are you guys excited? Okay, let's, let's pray. God, thank you so much for who you are and what you're doing in our lives, what you're doing in this church. Uh, God, thank you that you have called us to be your ambassadors to represent a kingdom that's not of this world and that it's a kingdom that's much greater and much better uh, than this king the kingdoms of our world and lord i pray that you'd speak to us uh, your ways are higher than our ways and, and so many times it contradicts common sense uh, but lord you are supernatural and you want to use us in super supernatural ways so we pray that you'd speak to us through your word in jesus name and everyone said amen, amen. Uh, if you weren't here last week um my name is John. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace Bible. I just came back from a three-month sabbatical, and uh, one of the things that I was uh, sharing the last week was that, uh, you know, I was focusing on, on some of my uh, spiritual things that I needed to grow in, as well as physical, and I had a, um, a stint put in my heart, and uh, so I'm still bruised on my arm, but um, I had a stint put in my, in, in my heart, and, uh, and it, last week I went running. So, you know, the doctor says, you're not supposed to do anything physically exerting for the first two weeks. And I was like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm okay. So this past week I went running. And um, normally my heart would get, or not my heart, I would just get tired uh, after probably the first mile. And whenever my heart would hit like 155, um, I, I would start, you know, having to, I'd have to stop several times after running a mile, and I thought it was just because I was out of shape. And I'm so out of shape, and, you know, I just got to run more. And uh, I would try to push through it, and then I would feel like, uh, I, I, I don't think I should. You know, like, there's something in my head that was like, yeah, I don't think you should. So I would just kind of take it easy, and, ah, John, you're such a wimp. Like, you should just, you know. And uh, this past week, after the stint was put in, I ran my normal two miles. I didn't have to stop. My heart rate went all the way to 174. I felt perfectly fine, and I and I I I ran it in you know a good a good time for me. Like you know, 10 minute miles are pretty good. I ran. Paige can do it in like seven minutes. She blows me away. Small little you know you know why? Because she's so skinny. She she can run weight. Anyway, so um, so I mean I felt like like I was in shape. And it just, 
was so amazing that it's this small little artery, because it's not the main one, it's like a small one off the main one, that was 95% blocked, and they put a stent in, and now that the, the blood can flow, I can perform normally. Now, if I had tried to push through, it would have actually been pretty dangerous because if I'm pushing all this blood through a 95% artery and it like let some stuff get to my head or my heart, I could have had a stroke or a heart attack or you know God knows what. And as I was running, I felt like God speak to me and he, he said, you know, the physical is a good representation of the spiritual. Like the condition of your, a lot of times you just want to power through and you just want to do the right thing. But if your heart is not in the right place, it can actually do more damage than good. And the scripture says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows every issue of life. And what I want to talk about this morning is, is the condition of our heart and the, the steps that God has called us to as his ambassadors to represent him in this world. A lot of times we want to do the right thing, but it's very hard for us because our heart is not in the right place. How many understand what I'm talking about? How many have gotten offended this past week? Raise your hand if you've gotten offended this past week. Okay, the rest of you probably never left your house, never watched the news, or you're just lying, and you're in church. But this is Grace Bible, and, you know, God will forgive you for lying. Um, doesn't mean we should do it. How many were offended this past week? You're in a safe place. All right, good. That's all of us, almost all of us. Um, God has called us to take care of our hearts. And, and one of the things that uh, we're going to talk about is prayer evangelism. We're on this uh, topic of marketplace ministry, how God will use us in the marketplace. And uh, let's read this, this scripture together. Matthew, i put my glasses on. Matthew 16, 18, and 19. At the count of three, let's read this together. One, two, three. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, um, a lot of times I would read that and think, like, what did that mean? And a lot of people have a lot of different interpretations of what this means. Um, I think about when Jesus died and he resurrected and he showed himself to his disciples in the upper room, it said that he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. The sins that you forgive will be forgiven, and the sins that you retain will be retained. Do you guys remember that scripture? The sins that you forgive will be forgiven, and the sins that you retain will be retained. Where have you heard something like that similar in, in, in the Bible? It was a promise that was made to Abraham, and God told Abraham, who you, those who bless you will be blessed, those who curse you will be cursed. How many of you have kids? How many of, your, how many of you have ever experienced your kid getting bullied or something bad happening to your kid? And you as a parent just want to go and wring the neck of the person that hurt your kid, right? Last, you know, something happened a couple of weeks ago where, you know, my, one of my, I'll just tell you, Paige, she was getting bullied at school kind of a little bit. And... Um, and, you know, I know I can't get involved, but I have a son who's in wrestling who's a little bit older than her and her classmates. I said, hey, Kaden, go, go in the classroom and scare, that, scare the boy. <laughs> and he did. 
and now the boy doesn't bother Paige anymore. No, I just, I, I think that's what happened. Anyway, um, but what would happen if, if, if your son or your daughter came back to you and said, hey, you know that person that was making trouble? Like, I forgive them. God told me to forgive them. I forgive them. It's all good. How many of you would make it easier to forgive? Yeah, some of you. God, in the same way, you are the child of God. And Abraham's covenant is good. Whoever blesses you will be blessed. Whoever curses you will be cursed. You have an authority. You have a special position in the kingdom of heaven and a special protection in the kingdom of heaven. And, and Jesus, he talks to his disciples and says, whatever sins you retain will be retained. Whatever you forgive will be forgiven. What's the power in that? If you look at the story of Job, Job's friends were slandering him. And at the end of the story, God comes down and he, you know, brings the hammer and he says, you haven't spoken what's right of my servant Job. And so now I'm just going to wipe you out unless Job prays for you. And if Job prays for you, then I'll forgive you. How many of you would be a little bit afraid that Job maybe wouldn't pray for you if you were his friend? Now, tough luck. Sucks being you. <laughs> I guess God's going to wipe you out now. But what Job did is it said that, that, and Job lost everything, right? And then at the end of the story of Job, it says, and God blessed Job and restored to him two times of everything he lost when he prayed for his friends. So the authority that we have as ambassadors of Christ is that when we forgive somebody who has wronged us, not only are they blessed, but there's a double portion of blessing that falls on our lives. As be, and and it, the same thing happened to Jesus, right? Jesus was crucified for something that he did not do. And instead of holding it against us, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And it says, because of that, now he is highly exalted, high above all names, because he was obedient to the Father and he forgave. So God has called us to do the same thing. What, it's, a, it's a tremendous it's a tremendous authority in the condition and the, the situation that we find ourselves in right now because offense is so rampant. Hatred and bitterness is so rampant. And if we can use our position to bless, there is a, a huge, huge blessing that will fall on our lives. So how, how do we do that? Um, the first thing, it says to bless. So the backdrop of this story is Jesus, he was in his ministry. He just had healed a demoniac. And instead of being grateful, the people of the town chased Jesus away because they were fearful. He was experiencing all of these different resistances in his ministry until Luke 10. And Luke 10 was like the pivoting point of his ministry. And so we're going to look at what happened in Luke 10. I'm just going to read, um, read from the scripture Luke 10, 1 through 20. So after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them two by two. Everyone say two by two. Before his face in every city and place where he himself was about to go. You know, Jesus wants to come to your workplace. He wants to come to your family. He wants to come to our community. But before he comes, he's going to send you two by two. He's going to send you as a small group into different environments. And it says, um, 
Then he said to him, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. How many of you feel like that? Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. Everyone say, peace. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. And remain. Everyone say, remain. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give. For the labor is worthy of his wage. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. And heal the sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Um, I'm going to skip to verse 17. And then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from the heavens. How many want to see the power of darkness, wickedness that is operating in our heavenlies, over our communities, over our government? How many want to see that fall? Now, the pattern of how to see that fall is found in this, this, this chapter. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents, scorpions, over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Your names are written in heaven. So the first thing that we look at is Luke 10, 5 through 6. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. Now, it's really hard to speak peace to someone if your heart is filled with hatred, if your heart is filled with anger. It's like it's really hard to run two miles when my heart is not in the right place. For me to do good, I have to take care of my heart. There's, there's things that we can do out of the wrong heart, and it can be the right thing, but out of the wrong heart, it's a bad thing. Does that make sense? Last week, what I talked about, what God was talking to me about, was I wanted to be the Elijah, right? I wanted to, like, go against the government and do all this stuff. But God said, instead, you need to have the heart of Obadiah. Now, the difference between the two, both were right. Elijah was doing the right thing. Obadiah was doing the right thing at the same time. But they were doing opposite, right? Obadiah was serving the king. Elijah was... was speaking out against the king in the wilderness. The difference is, and, and this is what I felt God speak to me this past week, is everything that I do, it can be against government, but everything that I do has to be out of a love for the oppressed, not a hatred of the oppressor. Yeah, I'll say that again. Everything that we do needs to come out of a heart of love for the oppressed, not out of hatred for the oppressor. Hatred is never right. Anger is never right. Bitterness is never right, especially for children of God. And if our actions are coming out of an anger and hatred for authority, an anger and hatred for what the oppressor is doing, then we're, we got work to do in our hearts. Amen? And so there's a scripture. It says, the good person 
Out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. The evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth will speak. Right? So, if we want to speak blessing, we have to have a good heart. And how do we have a good heart? Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows every issue of life. I want to challenge you and implore you not to let things into your heart that produces anger and hatred. Because there's so much right now, so much toxicity in everything that we look at, in everything that we hear, that produces anger and hatred toward our opponents. You know what I mean? I mean, even when you talk to people that you agree with their viewpoint, if it starts turning into, oh, those people are so dumb, those people are so stupid. Those people care so little about our, 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 our community. That is feeding and that is growing something wrong in your heart. And so guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. When we spend time with the Lord and we pray for those that persecute us, bless those who hate us, our heart will be in the right place. And if our heart is in the right place, then when we speak, we'll be able to speak peace. Amen? What does that lead to? If we, if we have peace in our hearts, we can speak peace, and that will lead to fellowship. Now, how many of you, there's people in your lives that you're like, I would rather go to hell than to fellowship with that person? You don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> That's me. Um, the next thing is fellowship, Right? Luke 10, 7, it says, And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Fellowship is to create a two-way street of blessing, allowing others to bless us. It creates true fellowship and gives value to others. This is something that's, that's contrary and the supernatural thing about, about what's outlined here. When you spend time with the Lord and you pray for somebody that is your opponent, or pray for your enemy, do good to those that hurt you, pray for those that despitefully use and persecute you. When you do that, it prepares your heart and positions your heart in such a way that you can speak peace without faking it, because you can speak peace and fake it, right? But speak peace, it creates an environment where, where something can happen in the supernatural, where fellowship can happen, real fellowship can happen. And how do you know that fellowship is happening? It's when your opponent or somebody that's supposed to hate you ends up blessing you unexpectedly. Okay, let me give you an example. So, so the last time that we experienced this kind of climate in Hawaii was doing, during HB 444 and SB 1 in 2012. That's when our government was passing laws to make it legal for same-sex marriage and domestic partnerships. And I remember the church was so, you know, against it. And we were rallying in the different places of government and... And we were across the street. I've told this story before. Some of you have heard it before. But while we were, you know, um, at one of our meetings, there was people across the street that were picketing and saying that we were bigots, that we were full of hatred, that, you know, that we're homophobic and all this stuff. And so God just spoke to my heart and said, I want you to go over there to the other side and I want you to bless those people. And, and we had been praying for this community and so, so I didn't have any animosity or any hatred toward them. 
and we rallied our youth group and we bought some Krispy Kreme donuts and some, some uh, ice cold water and it was like a, a blazing hot day. We went across the street and I remember the kids um, pulled out the ice cold water and gave it to some of the guys that were protesting and they're like, we don't want your water. And I was like, okay, offer it to the next person. So we go to the next person, we don't want your water. And we go to the next person and the lady's like, okay, I'll take one. She takes one. And then the other guy, oh, I'll take one too. And pretty soon they all had one and they're all eating Krispy Kreme donuts and drinking water. And we ended up praying for them and the presence of God fell so strong as we were praying for them. And, and they prayed for us. We allowed them to pray for us. And it created, there was a peace that, that, that formed. Later on, in the same year, it was one of the biggest challenges of my life because I had co-signed on a business that went bankrupt. We had to close it up. Uh, and I was on the hook for $250,000. And I walked into an attorney's office on my birthday, my 40th birthday, and the attorney said, I'm going to take care of this. And he took care of it, and $250,000 of debt was wiped out, and he was gay. Just a couple months later, the home that I currently live in was sold to us by a person who dropped the price about $250,000, about 200-something thousand dollars, and I came to find out later that that person was the president of the Democratic Party. How crazy is that? And that happened in an, a very hostile environment filled with hatred and animosity of two opposing viewpoints. But the scripture says that when a man's ways please the Lord, even he will make even his enemies at peace with him. And right now, there is so much animosity, so much hatred, so much bitterness in our culture. And what God's called us to do is to do what's right. But we can't do what's right if we just push through. We can only do what's right if we take care of the junk that's in our hearts. And the way that we take care of the junk in our hearts is spend time in prayer and processing and forgiveness and blessing those on the other side. Amen? Amen? Is this good stuff? It's good stuff. So fellowship. Um, let me just say this. Like, um, I'm not vaccinated because I have a heart condition. <laughs> I do. I have a stint in my heart. And if I get vaccinated, it's going to produce, you know, it's, it's, it, I, I'm going to produce these spike proteins that are going to cause inflammation. It's going to make me die. So I can't get it yet. So, but I also have a pastor friend who is vaccinated, and he's been called by God to reach the politicians and the UH football team, and he can't do that without being vaccinated. So he's vaccinated, I'm not, we're in this, and we're doing both what God's called us to do. So anyway, I'm on that side. So maybe some of you guys hate me, but you shouldn't because, you know, this is love. We are, we're, we're. And uh, so I'm in the hospital with the nurse taking care of me, and she's telling me, and she's not even a Christian, and she's telling me that her sister died because the hospital was overrun with unvaccinated people. And so her sister had to get rerouted and ended up passing away from a heart attack, and she wasn't there to help her sister because of the unvaccinated. And here she is, she knows I'm not vaccinated because she has my medical record, and yet she 
is helping me get back to health and sharing her life story with me. And I prayed for her and allowed her to pray for me. And the presence of God was so strong in that hospital room because of the peace of God that, that, was com- that landed in that situation. Now, how, how could somebody who lost their own sister help someone that was on the other side? I have no idea. But I could tell, like, she wasn't holding anything against me and that there was his love and his peace in the place. And God's called us to be an ambassador of his kingdom wherever we go, even to people who hold different viewpoints. Amen? Amen. So fellowship is the next thing. That, that, and after fellowship, God says to pray. So Luke 10, 9, it says to heal the sick. Everyone say heal the sick. And heal the sick is just as they open up about their unsolvable problems, give those problems to Jesus. You know, when, when you, you deal with the stuff in your heart, you speak peace, it creates this environment where there's safety and there's a friendship that can develop, a fellowship where they can bless you. You can bless them and they can bless you. I just want you to think in your life right now because God hasn't called you to do this to everyone. This scripture says don't go from house to house. It says look for the ones who are blessing you where it doesn't make sense that they should be blessing you right now. Because if your attitude is right, something's going to happen where God works in the hearts of people around you and blessings are going to come into your life from people who are the least likely to do it. And those are the people that God wants you to focus on. Because he's working in their hearts and he's going to use you to speak life into them. Does that make sense? You don't have to reach everyone. It says, don't go from house to house. But there is a specific assignment. There are divine appointments that God is going to call you to. And if your heart is in the right place and your ears are available, you'll be able to identify the assignment of God on your life during this time. And it's going to make a difference. It's going to make a difference. Um, so, So then, as they present their needs... You know, it, was so, it would have been so easy for me when she told me about her, her sister dying and, you know, everything to be like, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to pray for her and send her a letter. That would have been the easier thing. But I felt God saying, pray for her. And, and, and so instead of just listening and being a sympathetic ear, and this is a great question that you can ask, you know, if you're ever in that situation. I just said, hey, are you a spiritual person? Do you consider yourself a spiritual person? Or, you know, do you think that, do you, do you, do you think that uh, prayer works? And so I just said, hey, do you, are you a spiritual person? And she said, yeah, I think so. And I said, hey, would you mind if I prayed for you? And that's a great um, segue into to praying for someone. So then that's the next step is to pray. Um, and then the last thing is, is to preach or to declare that the kingdom of God has come near to them. Luke 10, verse 9, it says, Say to them that the kingdom of God has come near to you. When the problems are solved, give glory to Jesus. And so, um, you know, God's going to use you to, to pray for others. And when you feel the presence of God, let them know, hey, Jesus loves you. The reason why he's answering this prayer is because he cares about you. And he's real. And I've experienced him in my life. And I know he, he'll, do the same. he'll do the same for you. What we've done typically in the church is we've done these steps opposite, right? 
we try to preach first, tell somebody, hey, God loves you. Hey, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be doing this. Hey, you're doing this wrong. And we preach. And then if they receive our preaching, then we'll, then we'll pray. And then if they accept our prayers, then we become buddies, right? And then after we're buddies, then we develop that peace in our heart that, oh, now I like this guy. And we, we don't understand that the kingdom of God is upside down. He says, deal with your heart first with, with people you don't like and you don't get along with so that you can speak peace. After you speak peace, then you bless, you fellowship. After you hang out and you fellowship with them, they're going to bring you the needs and then you pray for those needs. And when you pray for those needs, the presence of God will fall and then you can let them know, hey, God loves you. And if we can walk that out in this environment, God will use us to expand his kingdom in a time when it's needed the most. Amen? Amen. Is this good? Amen. God's called us out. Why don't we all stand and let's pray together this, this morning. How many are excited about blessing your enemies? Because <laughs> there's a lot of enemies that we have now. I mean, they're like surfacing all over the place. And this is an opportunity for the church to shine if we do things kingdom way. Amen? Let's, let's pray. Can you repeat after me? Say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you that I am your child and that you've given me authority to represent you and to turn curses into blessing. I forgive every offense and everything that's been done to me and I forgive in the same way that you've forgiven me. Empower me to be a light and to represent you well and to see your kingdom expand in this community and in our state. I ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Um, Andrea has a, a few quick announcements. And then.